Come on. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Jedediah Collins. Jedediah, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Feeling excited. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, let's do this. Jedediah is a CFP. He is a speaker and the author of Your Money Vehicle. He's also a former NFL player. I'm excited to have you on. Jedediah, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. I appreciate that. Uh, so my personal life, uh, I'm a father of two little girls married to the same gal for a decade now. And uh, I bring that up because our journey began and my financial story began with uh, my first paycheck playing in the National Football League. Um, I, you, you go, you play in, in, in the NFL, you get paid week to week. Oddly enough, new CBA, they just changed this because it did cause some problems. You'd get big windfalls in a short, short period of time. And my first rookie season, I got a big check for my two game weeks. And I sat in the extended stay in Cleveland, Ohio, and I looked at this girl sitting next to me, and I, I decided I was going to buy her an engagement ring. And believe it or not, that first big check came in the door and walked right back out that same day. Uh <laughs> And I remember waking up in sweats, just thinking and hearing. And there's this statistic that floats around that 70%, 70% of professional athletes fall on hard financial hardships or go broke shortly after they retire. And so I woke up that night and I, I was worried and I was hoping it was the right decision. And it turned out to be, but, um, in the end I realized, you know, physically, the physicality of the game is going to take so much away from me. I was really going to have to try to focus on not being one of those 70% to become a 30 percenter. So my financial journey began out of fear. I went and got, as many people do, the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, and then from that, it just trickled into where I was studying for the CFP each off season. And even on in during season, I'd hide books on planes and, you know, going on trips and stuff. Uh, so, so teammates or coaches didn't think I was, my head was elsewhere, but, um, it was a beautiful place to begin. And as I launched into this, this world as a student, I was my first student. I began to realize, uh, I loved answering people's questions in the NFL. You got to believe most guys don't understand how to use money. And I was in that majority. And as I learned, I began teaching and helping others, but my light bulb really went off as a societal problem when my, my two brothers, who are extremely highly educated, one has a master's from enge in engineering from Berkeley, the other a law degree from Harvard, and they started asking the big dumb jock brother about money, and that's when I really started <laughs> to see this, this systemic issue that it's not, hey, 
professional athlete gets handed a paycheck, doesn't know how to do money. Nobody knows. And so today I launch out into my career and I, I write this book, Your Money Vehicle, which I hope is, you know, a successful uh, adaptation of how to begin a financial journey. But I really came to hit head on what my problem was going to be. And so I, my passion was financial education and financial literacy. And I said, hey, I want to go teach people this thing. And I would get these waves of feedback that said, yeah, Jed, this is good, but education is going to fail. And I would smile and say, oh, but they're wrong. They obviously haven't seen me do it. Um, <laughs> and the reality was education would fail unless I created some kind of behavioral change. And that's where I get to intertwine my CFP, my principles in, in finance, along with my NFL experience and the principles of success I was able to pick up watching the best in the world operate. And so today I kind of combine those two and I am considered a behavioral coach, uh, but really I see myself as, a, a, as an empowering financial educator that is out to, to change people and to change how they see money and then how they use it. Well, amen to all that. I appreciate that very much. And what what a I don't know if that's a a, a a dichotomy. It's very interesting just coming from the world of the reality of 70% of professional athletes will not be financially successful. They will be broke. But then also talking to you two brothers who are as highly trained and, and skilled from a knowledge perspective as you can possibly find, but they don't necessarily understand money either. So that's, that's, that, that's, that's pretty incredible, uh, motivation for you to, uh, to, 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 to get to work and actually figure out how to help people to close that behavior gap. Cause that's a very real thing, right? It's not that we don't understand that we should be saving money. It's that our, our behaviors are sort of out of whack. And it's very similar to uh, eating healthy. You know, most people somewhat to a general knowledge understand what healthy eating looks like. Now it's the actual impact and the behavioral change to go to do it. And so um, you're right. It is a, it, it is a shocking uh, misstatement for professional athletes. Again, if they, if they do things wrong, they're not only broke, they're usually in debt. Um, and that begins with uh, a lack of education from the New York Times. So when they say you signed a $25 million uh, uh, contract, that's just not reality. You signed about a $13, $14 million contract, which is still a ton of money. But if you spend on 25, you, you're going to be in that 70% category very quickly. Um, and so it, it is an interesting endeavor as my brothers, you know, went to graduate school and have student loans and are dealing with these opportunity costs and these questions. And even in this crazy time right now, they're kind of pinging me and are like, is this, what do we do now? How do we get through this? Uh, and so it's a, it's a very interesting thing. And I, my, my mission and my objective is to not make millionaires. I, I don't want people to, to see money vehicle or to see Jedediah and say, Oh, that guy's going to make me rich. That's not my goal. I, I came from the wealth management industry my goal is to, to help you strategize and to, to be efficient and to actually build a, to, to build a plan. I'm not going to make people rich. I'm going to help them stay rich and then, and then understand the difference between rich and wealthy. And that is the difference in, in view of money. Money should be a verb. Money is not the destination. I, I get really sick of people saying, well, I want a million dollars. 
No, you don't. You want what a million dollar lifestyle looks like. You need to define what you want in that lifestyle. And that's a big, big difference. Yeah, that's a huge difference. And I certainly appreciate that. So why do you suppose it is that that so many people struggle with this? It, it, do you, can, can, can you point to that? Is it that we're lazy? Is it that we have too many other demands on our time and our attention? Is it all those things? Yeah, I mean, to, to not criticize all of, of humankind, yes. <laughs> uh, we, we, we are lazy and we are distracted. I mean, it is just it is a reality. I, I grew up playing sports in Southern California, and you could be the greatest football, basketball, baseball player in the country, and still even on your high school, not many people knew about it because there was so much stuff going on. There's band, there's theater, there's surfing, there's kids who just want to ride around in cars. Like, I think today we are more inundated with distractions. And so that is where planning becomes even more efficient and more powerful. Um, why I think it is such a problem today is because money has changed. Today we see money for the first time in history as something that we have to control. Uh, up until 2000, most of our financial plans were get good jobs, avoid too much debt, get a pension, and, and walk away at 65, 66. That was the, the structure we were all sold. And over the last 20 years, our generations have seen pensions go away, Social Security not maybe be as dependable. And all of a sudden, we wake up and this thing called financial education is a necessary skill to survive. We, why your money vehicle, we all have to sit in the driver's seat and start to own not only where we're going, but how we're going to get there. And that is a, 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 an awakening that is happening. And again, it is truly the first time in history. Never before have we had to use money the way we have to use it today. And in my eyes, if, if you want to do something that's never been done before, you have to do something that has never been done before. That's a quote our, my coach down in New Orleans would continually tell us about winning a world championship. You want to go do this thing that has never been done? What are you willing to do that has never been done? And so today it's I need to, to look at money differently and I need to build my plan. And one of my little acronyms is USE, U-S-E. You've heard me say it a few times. But what I mean by that is I need to understand money at you. S, I need to strategize money. And E, I need to be efficient with money. So if I'm using money, it is truly becoming my vehicle and my bird. Nice. Well, that's all very well said right there. And it's it's interesting, right, that are now sort of our new need to have to control it. And before we were able to sort of go through the motions, to your point, you worked at the same company for 20, 30 years, you collected a pension, and so you really didn't need to think about it too much. So now now times have changed. So I, I appreciate yeah, – yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so I, I'm a big storyteller. So my example and analogy around that is comparing the train system to the personal automobile – and around 1916, trains were dominating transportation in America. 250,000 train tracks took a long time to build. But as you just said, you'd get on your train and ride it, and it would take you exactly where the conductor was taking you to go. And then Henry Ford rolled out this personal automobile, which gave you the greatest advantage in the world, which was autonomy. But it also meant that you had to start steering. 
And so as the personal automobile has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, we've seen trains die down, not become obsolete, but for the vast majority of us, we're, our transportation has changed. And, and that, to me, that train versus car example really identifies to people that the world has changed around money. Yeah, I think that that's excellent. And yeah, and framing, so important. You can get up and talk about how important it is to save money and spend less and all that jazz, but way better to be able to provide some kind of a, a story or an example. And I think that the trains and cars is an excellent way to think about that. So so how how do people get started? Is it just making a commitment to wanting to be good at money? Uh, I think... It is the commitment piece, but I think the first step is visualization. Again, seeing this, this money objective now as the, the tool or the vehicle that is going to get you to somewhere, you need to visualize what that destination looks like. What are you going to use money to do? And I freedom, or I, I don't love the word retirement because I think our old adage of retirement is dead, but freedom is a great, great goal. But for vast majority of people, freedom is kind of demoralizing because it's so far off in the distance. So what I like to do is I like to set one week, one month, and one year goals. And that allows me to give reachable and achievable things and actually focus on things that are within my control. So I think that is the first step truly is why does this whole money game matter? Well, that's personal. That is a goal and a setting I need to set for myself. And then to to go beyond that, you start to reverse engineer the plan to get there. So now that I understand where I'm headed in the destination, let's say this year I want to save $1,000 or I want to invest $5,000 or change those numbers according to your plan. But now I can look at it from a month perspective and then a week perspective and truly find little breadcrumbs on going to about to get my goal. So for me, the how to get started is you got to have a why. Chapter one of my book is why do you care about money? And that is very personal and very individual. I like to use rich goals, R-I-C-H, reachable, individual, controllable, and happy. And perhaps the most important one is at that end is it's got to make you happy. It's, it's got to be your individual things that put a smile at the end, at the end of a day. So I, I look at that as around money and as around a behavioral impact. As an athlete, my whole world and plan and strategy was built around my destination. For me, it was a Super Bowl. I never got to achieve it. I got to New Orleans right after they won it, which was really cool to see a lot of rings. Also kind of disappointing to, to hear all the stories. But uh, you, you structure that plan. So for me, it would be number one, setting a destination. Number two, starting to build out a plan and how I look at incorporating that plan on an individual's perspective life is I have a system called the money bucket system where you have five choices with every dollar you make. I don't care if it's me making it uh, a first job in your life or Jeff Bezos making a billion dollars a minute, you have five choices. And those five choices are society, what some would call taxes, past choices, your debts and bills, things due before the first of the month, your present choices, how you go spend on a daily basis, your future choice, your savings, your investing, and then your compassion choice, who and how and what you want to give an impact and influence. 
And in those five decisions, you can build out a very simple system. And I would actually change the order, and we changed the order in the book, but I would change the order of that system so you can end with your present daily spend and and enjoy it and look at it and say, this money is intended to go out the door. It's intended to go fun, have fun with because my other buckets and my other priorities have already been filled. I love that. I love that. That's a great framework right there. It's easy to understand. We can get our arms around that. Do you find that people have difficulty with a certain step of the process? Is it getting started? Is it finishing and following through? Um, so truly people in that I work with, which is mostly a younger audience, I would say 15 to, to 40. Um, and why I got to put in the 15 to 20 year olds now is because man, I will tell you, there are some very impressive 15 year old cats out there that are just like, no, <laughs> Guys and girls, like I'm, I'm telling you, I'm day trading, bro. You, you need to nice. teach me where I'm supposed to put some of this money. You're like, wow. <laughs> um, but the the trippy part is number one, the vast majority of people, and so I, I facilitate this workshop called Money Buckets, and I go take people through a real life example. Everybody overlooks that first bucket of society and taxes. It's just like the the NFL example of a twenty five million dollar contract. We, we build and we base our plan off of gross income. And even in some other cash management systems I've seen in the past, very rarely do they have that society bucket. And my challenge and objective is for people to see those, that tax system and those, that society bucket as a positive and to see the amazing, amazing things our society provides for us that this bucket fills up. I also then challenge people because most people see debts and bills and are like, okay, that makes sense. That's my biggest bucket and priority right now because I have student loans. I got a car loan. I got rent. I got all these other things. So I got to fill that bucket. I, I love to introduce the compassion bucket. And typically people have not started to look at this one. And why I'm so excited about it is because science is telling us that compassion choice is the happy bucket. That compassion choice is where we are going to truly find fulfillment and satisfaction. And then people say, well, listen, I just started my job. I don't have money to, to give away. And I simply say, Let, I just want a penny, 1%. Give me a penny for your thoughts. Give me a person, a place, or a cause you want to give to. And truly, if it's not your treasure, you have time and you have talent. You can fill this compassion bucket with a variety of different things. Speaking of those young, amazing people, I met a young man who was 17 out of high school, loved photography. And so what he would do to fill his compassion bucket was to go to nonprofits and be a free photographer for them. And I, I look at that and I say, were you enjoying that? And that was the happiest he could be. He was you know, burning the candle at both ends in a positive way. Um, and so I, people typically need to accept the society purchase, the society bucket as a positive and then look at the compassion choice as where they're going to science says find they're most happy. And those are the two that I really like to introduce because the past ones, the future ones, people have heard some of these before. I, I love a saying called I made a dollar, I saved a dime. Um, and I, I actually break down that one dollar into change. So a penny for your thoughts, a dime here, a quarter there. But that, that adage of I made a dollar, I saved a dime, that could be the best financial plan in a sentence you will ever get. 
Yeah, I love it. Fantastic stuff, man. Well, Jedediah, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? All right. So today I want to introduce people to, and it's it's not a shocking one, but it's a very powerful tool, the Roth account. So typically you have three accounts, a brokerage account, uh, a tax-deferred account, or what I call the, the tax-free account, which is the Roth account. Brokerage account goes and gets taxed twice. You get taxed when you make money and when you take it out. A tax-deferred account says, don't tax me today, but tax me down the road. Now, a Roth account, and again, I deal with younger people under 40, maybe even later, and there's different reasons why older people would use a Roth account around estate planning and transfer uh, generational transfers. But for a young earner, you look at your career and say, I know for a fact my, my income tax bracket is going to do nothing but go up. So go ahead and tax me today. Go ahead and tax me in my lowest income tax bracket and then never tax those dollars again. So if I look at throwing $5,000 into the market when I'm 20, 25, 35, 40, and I have four decades, five decades of tax-free growth, that is a built-in controllable gain. This is a tool in a, in a vehicle I don't see being as freely open as it is today for very long because the government is definitely sacrificing a long-term gain for a short-term win. And they're saying, give us a little bit of money today and don't worry about tomorrow. I don't see that plan working out and somebody will close this. So my challenge is to push as much money into these Roth vehicles. Chapter 10 of the book, again, I'm a storyteller, walks through three different trees and how you prune them and prepare them. And these trees are your vehicles, are your first savings and, 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 and investment accounts. And so if I were to say to anybody, what is a very plausible, what is a very practical, what is a, an action item, again, change your behavior, your action item today would be to open a Roth account, could be on any platform, and then go put those monies to work. Because just putting it in a Roth account is not the investment. The investment is then investing into things. I'm a big fan for, for the individual investor to use index funds, to use evidence-based mutual funds. I don't say, hey, go buy Amazon. I live in Seattle. I've seen the growth, but you just can't predict those things. So for the preparation is open a Roth and go put those monies to use. And believe me, that is going to be felt as a strategic and efficient way to use your dollars over a long, long-term horizon. If you want to see more, that that's Chapter 10 of Your Money Vehicle, and the kind of 10th and final action item that comes out of the book. Like that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Jedediah, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they get a copy of the book? So book is going to be released in March of 2020, so it should be out. Uh, it's Your Money Vehicle. You can see it on Amazon under Your Money Vehicle. Um, if you want to come check me out, I love connecting with people. I, I deliver and have facilitated hundreds of workshops, and truly all of my content is built off questions and built off helping examples, real-life examples. So come find me. I am Jed Collins 45 on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I have a YouTube channel at Jedediah Collins. Um, LinkedIn, if you're on there, please reach out to, the, to me there. But just come, reach out, send me a question, send me a thumbs up. Uh, I definitely would love to hear feedback on the YouTube channel as I've turned Your Money Vehicle into a series of 40 short videos 
trying to be entertaining as well as educational. I'd love your feedback there because that's going to be a fun, growing atmosphere. But um, in the end, Jedediah Collins, Jed Collins 45, come check it out and give me some feedback. I love it. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jedediah your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Pick up a copy of Your Money Vehicle on Amazon. Follow him on social media. And Jedediah, you are our first guest who has mentioned TikTok. So there's that. (laughs) Thank you again, Jed. Thank you again, man. The funny thing about having a message, you got to go where they are. Uh, that's, that's, that is the truth. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.